Yo, what's good, y'all? Welcome to this week's episode of Talks with Taboo. Welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. Hope y'all having a great week, and I appreciate y'all being here, man. I really do. We have an amazing episode today with one of my favorite people in the scene, dude. One of the most talented DJs and producers out there in this world. Before I get to this guest, I just got to let you know that this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Illegal Pete's. Illegal Pete's is my go-to spot for beers, burritos, and buddies, dude. I stop by one of their 12 locations throughout Colorado and Arizona every day for happy hour, 3 to 6. And while you're there, use promo code TABOO, that's T-V-B-O-O, for 15% off your entire order. You can use it while you're there. You can use it on their app, VIPs, or you can do it on- online when you order off their website. Go eat Illegal Pete's, dude. It's so delicious. It tastes like it was snuck across the border, dude. I, I'm like, for real, shout out Legal Pizza for sponsoring this week's episode of the podcast. I just ate there last night, dude. Food's good as hell. What are y'all doing? If you live in the area, go get 15% off and eat some goddamn food. Okay? All right. Also, before I introduce this week's guest, I just got to say, I'm on tour right now, dude. Blue Collar Base is up and running. Uh, my next run of shows, for next couple weeks of shows, I got Bellingham, Washington this Thursday. So today when this comes out at the Wild Buffalo, Portland, Oregon at 45 East on 10-7. 8 in Vancouver, British Columbia at the Red Room. Uh, 10-13 Des Moines, Iowa at the Platform. 10-14 Minneapolis, Minnesota at the Skyway. And 10-15 in Milwaukee at the Miramar. And I'm going to try to get the people from PBR out there, dude. We'll show them what's up. But come see me on tour, man. We got a lot of really cool exclusive merch tour. We're only selling it on the mer- on, on the tour. We got jerseys, hoodies, t-shirts, pins, and we got a lot more shit coming. Get some merch. Support your boy. And, hey, it's a fun fucking show, man. We have a lot of fun at these shows. We get rowdy. You know, the blue-collar bass people have just been the rowdiest crowds to play for. So if you're into turning up and forgetting uh, you know, about all the other bullshit and only focusing on having a good time. Come see us on tour, bro. Also, I want to say thank you to everyone who came and saw me at WakanFest, man. God, it was special. It was so special. I got to have my whole family out there. You know, my dad, my stepmom, my brother, his wife, my stepbrother, my stepsister, her husband. You know, I got to have all my close friends out there. Um, man, it it literally was the most special weekend I've ever had, dude. It was literally, I don't know if it could have been better. And, uh, you know, I got to do stand-up comedy there. And, man, thank you to everybody who came to the stand-up show. You know, I got to actually bring other comedians, you know, seasoned vets, real stand-up comedians to it. And it felt like a real comedy show. One of the uh, comics, Mike Hall, comes up to me and he gets, gets off stage. He was like, dude, this is awesome. I was like, yeah, it is. He's like, no, bro. Like, these people are here for comedy. And I got to do a 30-minute set and a uh, 30-minute stand-up set, and I felt safe to do comedy. Man, it was literally the most fun I've ever had on stage. And then y'all packed it out on the main stage for me. And man, it just couldn't have been more special of a weekend. I'm going to be riding that high for a long time. Definitely has a fire lit under me to just be better at comedy and music. Just want to be better for y'all. And for me, actually, I'm not even going to say for y'all. I'm really doing it for me, man. I got that chip on my shoulder. I'm doing it for me. But if y'all ride with me too, man, I can't thank y'all enough. So thank you for being here for the show. Uh, but my guest this week is literally one of the most talented DJs and producers out there. I've been a massive, massive fan for this guy for years. 
And I feel lucky enough to be able to call him a friend. Um, man, this is a really great episode. You know, he normally doesn't do stuff like this, so it's great to be able to sit down and just have a normal conversation. And I loved how this episode came out. Uh, he just had an EP dropped on Wakan, uh, Vigil or Vigil. Uh, I don't know how to read, so it's one of those things. V-I-G-I-L. Go listen to it. It's really, really great. You know him. You love him. Ladies and gentlemen, Zeke Beats. But welcome, buddy. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here, dude. It's uh, my pleasure. I want to start out and say I love you. I love you, too. Yeah, dude. You're fucking... <laughs> I've been a massive fan for a long time, and it's awesome being able to be friends and just hang out with you, dude. Yeah, likewise, man. I mean, I feel like the first time we ever met would have been four years ago in New Orleans. Yeah, was it? Yeah. Well, the Hero Bus show. Yeah, 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 it was. Yeah. And I remember... um, Man, I remember you were like a big part... It was a missions festival out in uh, Belm, California. Remember that oh, one? Oh, that's right. So yeah. there was that one. I remember that festival is the first time I kind of felt like accepted by like people I really liked and like my, my peers. I felt like I was one of them. And you were a big part of that one night. It was uh, you and 12 Planet that came to my room. And you were like, yo, come, oh, that's right. come yeah. hang out with us. And I was like, oh, this is so cool, dude. Yeah. 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 And there was like Min Minnesota and like Kendall and stuff as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, man, that makes me happy. Makes yeah. my heart happy. Yeah. That, that, uh, that, that night really... Uh, stood out to me as like a changing moment, I guess. Yeah. And that was a big part of it was just feeling accepted by y'all. Because I, I, I looked up to y'all, you know. I still do, you know. Man, you're too sweet. Mm -hmm. Thank you. It means a lot to me. And you're here with Minnesota tonight. Yeah, we're playing at the Ogden, which should be pretty fun. Um, got the, uh, brought the camera set up because I'm doing like scratching with the big screen behind me and stuff like that. And it's just like really cool when people can actually see what the fuck I'm doing up there. Yeah. So I mean? people can see you showing off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They can see the calf muscles up close and you know, just dude, show uh, the camera, those calves, dude. Oh, really? lift it up, dude. I Wait, wanna... Where is the camera? Right here. Oh, okay. Hold up. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see I, them I thick like bitches. The thick bitches. All right. So G-Rex and Kaiwachi think they have calf muscles, but if I just put it here, we'll be able to see. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're good. All right. Damn. That is prime beef. Yeah. Fucking Can't see. Throw that on the grill, dude. <laughs> you know, fuck. I'll, I'll do the left one as how, well. Just, how are they so thick, dude? Is it natural or are you just working calves all the time? I'm just, uh, I mean, I feel like calf muscles are genetic, so I'm pretty lucky. But, you know, I also, when I was little, I used to play, I still do play a lot of badminton. And what the fuck to, is that? I used to play professional like badminton. What is that? The one with the feathers, the with the shuttlecock. Oh, bro, there's <laughs> all right. So forgive me if it sounds a little um, rude, but I didn't know that you could be a professional at that. Yeah, there's like it's like an Olympic sport. Holy so shit. there's you know most people think of badminton as like oh out outside you know on the lawn, but yeah, I played that when I was little, always on your toes. I did that soccer, karate, squash. And uh, I come from a family of four boys, so I'm the youngest. So I always had to, like, step it up to match with my older brothers. So it's very competitive. Yeah. Yeah. What was professional badminton like? <laughs> and, like, 
Dude, I mean, how long were you a professional on it? And is that like a like a lucrative career for like the tops or what's uh, that? Like? I mean, because I feel like it's such a I don't know much about it. Maybe like it's an Australia thing you got going on. Oh no, it's it's definitely a niche, you know, a little niche spot. Not many people get into it. It's big in the Asian country, like you know, like you know, China, India, like just like. Yeah, really big over there. Um, and England, I think it's pretty big there and parts of Europe. But it's kind of a weird sport to get into. I just got into it because of mum and dad. But I also feel like that helps with my scratching and stuff too because it was like a lot of like wrist action, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Yeah, that and masturbating probably yeah. come in handy really well. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, I could get – I understand that. So plenty plenty of practice over the years. And <laughs> so I'm, that's definitely helped. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. What – uh. <laughs> Wow, what type of karate did you do? Uh, Shotokan. How long so, did you do that for? Uh, seven years. Nice. Yeah, my oldest brother did karate as well, and you know, then I was like, he. I always looked up to him so so much. So I was like, fuck you, yeah, I want to be like him. So I did that. Then I just got to a point where I just stopped doing it because it sounds bad, but there wasn't like enough competitions and stuff like that. So yeah, and I've always been like a competitive person like that. So yeah, yeah. I, I did Sabercon for about three and a half years oh okay yeah. damn yeah and we had a lot of tournaments man i was you're actually talking to a state champ dude oh shit yeah, dude. What? mississippi state games three-time gold medalist no over way here, are you yeah. serious dead ass dude damn. i got the don't I got, fuck with taboo y'all yeah dude i might fucking uh scissor kick you in the back of the eye you know <laughs> I might uh, just kick you in the dick. In, in the dick. Yeah. Straight all, up. all those karate moves when all you need to do is just kick just, someone in the dick, dude. Uppercut the balls. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Grab them by the pussy. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Damn, I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah, dude. It's been a while. Damn. It's okay. A, we should we should fight, dude. No. <laughs> <laughs> you and I, I feel like you're too nice of a guy. Uh, and I would be making way too many dick jokes while we're doing it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe one day at a festival, maybe that's gonna be the grand finale of your set. I'll just come out and we'll just we'll just go for it. No, nah, dude, EDM yeah. fight night. I'm gonna put it EDM together. Fight. I'm down. EDM <laughs> fight night. We're gonna have we're gonna have uh, Kai watching Jansen in the ring, dude. Oh my god, they don't have any beef. I just feel like that'd be a good fight. Yeah, yeah. But then you know who I think would be the kingpin out of all of these? Excision and Getter. No, Liquid, oh. liquid Stranger, because <laughs> apparently he's like a black belt. Oh. like. Three or four different martial arts. Yeah, you don't want to fuck with Martin, dude. I've heard. Yeah. I mean, he's like, I mean, like, that's a big part of his life is martial arts. Like, he's talked my damn ear off about it. Right. And, uh, dude, who who would be a good matchup for him? I don't know if there would be. No, yeah, yeah. yeah, I can't think of anyone. Maybe Lucid, but I May- think I think, okay, Ma- I think Shaq Ma- versus <laughs> Liquid Stranger, <laughs> Diesel. Diesel versus Liquid Stranger, because I want to see the the t- the tricks. Martin knows the tricks, you know. But Shaq, like, he's just fucking huge. Yeah, I want to sneak up on Martin and like try to put him in a lock and just see how quick he just kicks my ass. I, yeah, I, I think that would be very entertaining. To That's watch. what we should do. We should attack Martin. Both of us <laughs> yeah, at the same time. You hear that, Martin? We're coming for We're you, coming bitch. for you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's fun, man. Yeah, that's fun. So when'd you? So doing all this shit, you know, doing karate, fucking uh, badminton, mm-hmm. soccer. Mm-hmm. When'd you get into the electronic music? Honestly, so having three older brothers, <clears throat> my oldest brother's ten years older than me. So he was into the rave scene. You know, I was like 10 years old. He's 20, right? 
So I was listening to all this like underground rave music that was like happening because I'm from Western Australia, Perth. Um, well, from a smaller town called Geraldton, but Perth is the major city. Um, and I got exposed to like Ronnie Size, The Prodigy, like uh, Fatboy Slim, all this like, you know, electronic music that was big back then. And um, even more underground shit like uh, DJ Kenny can, if there's any like really old school people watching the show. But yeah, and uh, I got into electronic music when I was 13. My music teacher brought, like, he came from the UK and he was like, okay, I'm going to buy turntables for the school using the music budget. And then I used to go in at recess, lunchtime, after school, just like practicing like the the vinyl, just basically like trying to mix. No equalizer, just straight beat on top of beat, mm -hmm. just like, you know. And um, So like a rhythm DJ. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Not talking shit. Sorry. No, I'm fucking around. <laughs> but yes, we are talking shit. I'll fight yeah. everyone. <laughs> you and I, we'll yeah. take them all on. Okay. You did. What was it? Sabacon. Sabacon. Yeah. Artist so. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I, uh, you know, just kept DJing from there as a hobby. Eventually bought my own decks. When I was 17, I entered a competition for a residency at a nightclub. And then I won that. So I got this residency at a nightclub. When you were 17. Yeah. So I was, I was still at school. And then my auntie would have to come with me to the club like every weekend for me to do my residency. Mm -hmm. And eventually they just signed over the guardianship to the manager of the club because I couldn't be fucked coming out every, every yeah. weekend. Um, so, yeah, one thing led to another. I didn't actually start. Um, oh, so I'm skipping over a few things. But after that, I started entering... Uh, Scratch competitions, DJ competitions, known as like the DMC, uh, World Mixing Championships. It's like scratching and shit. You get like six minutes to like throw down as hard as you can. Scratching, tricks, everything. And there's another one called IDA where you do like two minute rounds and it's back and forth. So I got three state titles and then one Australian title. Oh, dude, I'm sitting here, with the, I'm sitting here with the Australian championship, <laughs> a yeah, champion right now, yeah. dude. And then after that, um, in IDA, yeah, I got a fourth world ranking. So I went to the world and I got fourth place. And then after that, one of the world's best scratch DJs, he goes by the name DJ Cubert, And um, he held a competition online for his scratch university. I signed up, I entered it, and won that. And then he was like, come hang out with me in San Francisco and we can just like scratch for a couple of weeks and I want to like learn and like we can share things, you know, with each other. So it's like basically getting recognized by the top of the top of the top being like, hey, come here. I want to see what you're like doing, yeah. you know Yeah, what I mean? fourth in the world's a huge deal. Yeah, I was pretty, pretty, pretty stoked on that and yeah. humbled by it still because um, he's just an alien, like he's out of this world. Like people think I'm fast. He's like crazy. Um so, so you come. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fast. I, I can relate to that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, then after that I got into making music when I was like twenty six. I'm a bit of an old dog now. I'm like thirty-five. Dude, um, what what thirty-five? Yeah. Wow. Why how old do you think I was? Like forty two? You look like a <laughs> Oh man. You look like a twenty three year old Filipino. Like oh, you really? look great. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Really fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I got into making beats, and then one thing led to another. I actually started my own DJ school in, in Australia and my own uh, production school when I was 26 onwards because I used to be an electrician, and then I got made redundant, 
was like, I want to do something that I'm like passionate about. Did that. And then I had like Slumberjack with my production teachers. Also had like Shock One. It's still running now. What's or not's done some classes there. Um, we've had a lot of guests and that's how I met a lot of artists through having guests come through. And then eventually my music started getting traction. Um, and I got invited to come out to America to play Shambhala. I got an inbox message from them. That's in Canada. Yep. Shambhala Music Festival out in uh, Salmo Village. And um, they just messaged me on Facebook one day and I was like, what the fuck is this? Like me being an Aussie in the middle of bumfuck, like, you know, I'm like, what's this festival? And then, you know, I told some people about it. They're like, dude, that's a big deal. I was like, okay. And then the week after that, I got hit up by like Bass Rush to do a show as well. And then they're like, who's your manager? I'm like, I don't have a manager. And then I've got like all these people hitting me up left, right and center. And then I was like, sick, found a manager, found an agent, started gigging. And I never looked back and I never thought it would be like a full-time thing. I was just like, oh, this is just fun hobby. You know, I was like really really grateful to be where i am now obviously i live in the states now and i'm touring a lot and um yeah it's it's all going really well which speaking of which you've got your tour coming up next week right mm -hmm. the, the first uh first date starts yes, next week tuesday how you feeling stoked bro yeah i'm stoked man i will tell you this dude so like i like i have a lot of trouble sleeping at night like mm. falling asleep and uh like the last week it's just been like terrible just not being able to sleep at all and I think it just might be, like, the uh, anxiety and excitement of the tour starting. Right. So, like, last night, dude, I was, like, I, you know, I have to eat, like, a good bit of melatonin just to, like, get tired and fall asleep. It's something I've always struggled with, but it hadn't been working this past week. So, I'm, like, all right, I'm going to try these uh, weed gummies for nighttime. Okay. So, it was, like, a nighttime. So, we're supposed to eat it, and then it puts you out. And it did not do that. I just laid in bed fucked up, like, freaking out. <laughs> I'm, Damn. like, I'm, like, in bed freaking out, dude. Like, I'm, like, oh, my God, door starts. I'm, like, thinking of everything that's, like, I was, like, damn. That, that was, I definitely couldn't fall asleep, but it was more enjoyable being awake because I was just fucked up. I went through all the emotions, dude. Like, freaked out, uh, excited, fucking uh, scared, anxious. Like, I went through every emotion ever. And then I was thinking about, like, things about the tours i'm like laughing about certain things but i'm in, I'm in bed for like two and a half hours just kind of <laughs> kind of high freaking the fuck out about it yeah it might not be a bad thing that you can't sleep at night because coming up you're going to be up all night and then sleeping through the, through the day um are you going to be like uh doing like a tour bus situation or flying in for each of the dates like what how, how it's it flying and then they're routed so like okay. uh we'll fly we're in a car drive to the next city if it's too far we'll fly so gotcha. it's, it's that's how it is so yeah and uh yeah, man, it's I'm, I'm fucking stoked on it. Oh, yeah. Stoked on it. Well, you'll be conditioned to having no sleep. So. I know. I'm such a morning person, though. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, crazy. Like, during the weekdays, I'm up at, like, 6, 6.30. That's wild. Yeah. I'm, like, that's where I thrive. Like, I, I try to treat, like, studio and podcasting, like, a 9 to 5. Yeah. Usually, like, after 5, sometimes later, sometimes earlier. Yeah. I'm done for the day, and I'm able to, like, hang out and go do things I want to go do, like, comedy or hang out with friends or... You know, just chill. You yeah. know, I, I feel like I thrive on a schedule. So yeah. that schedule's about to get fucked up, bro. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's going to be good, though. It's going to be a fucking amazing experience. You'll remember it for the rest of your life, I'm sure. Maybe. Yeah. No. Maybe. maybe. Might be maybe. drunk the whole thing. <laughs> the whole time. And don't remember a fucking thing. <laughs> yeah. I just I sober up and it's January. I'm like, what? Right. <laughs> <laughs> You're a massive uh, PBR fan, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, so what's going on, dude? Where's the sponsorship? Oh, dude, it's, you know, 
It's, it's in the works? Yeah, dude. It's been in the works since December. <laughs> <laughs> Just hadn't, like, fully finished. I feel like this this tour should definitely be sponsored by PBR. I hope so. I mean, I'm going to get the... Uh, so, we're playing in Milwaukee on the tour, mm-hmm. and their uh, headquarters is out there. I'm going to invite them all out, come see the show. Hopefully them seeing everyone just drinking PBR and all the visuals and shit, you know, maybe them seeing that will be like, all right, yeah, let's 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 finish this up. You that, know? Yeah, that's yeah. the move. Hopefully, we'll that would be uh, a really good one. Mm-hmm. Did you ever get any sponsorships whenever you're uh, a D- doing DMC shit? Yeah, I had one with uh, like Tractor and Native Instruments, and the mm-hmm. setup that you see me rock today with like the machine uh, controller and like my two turntables and stuff. Uh, that machine got given to me, and I never really changed my setup because it just works so well it's like second nature to me now and if you guys don't know what the machine is it's just like a 16 pad uh, instrument like a midi controller you can program the buttons to do whatever you want for the software um so yeah that was really cool and i did like little scratch routine videos in return for that and um yeah that's uh pretty much my setup now i'm lucky i got like that sponsorship and stuff like that but i'm actually a pioneer uh, have hit me up and given me some equipment to test out. So I'm going to like get into that and I much prefer a pioneer sponsorship than mm-hmm. me, the tractor native instrument stuff. Oh, like, damn. So. oh damn. Burning bridges on the podcast. Yeah, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> it's so. what it is, brother. Yeah. Dude. Um, how, how much of a, how much do you have to travel with? Um, I have like my two records, uh, a thing called Phase DJ, which is like this wireless little uh, USB stick looking thing, which like you put on the, say that's the turntables, and then this is the phase, and you put that there, then like this is a wireless transmitter, as it spins, this is transmitting uh, the, the signal or the speed of the turntable to the computer, the computer reads that and plays back the song at the speed in which it turns. So when I'm scratching it and moving it left and right or back and forth, I should say, it's uh, it knows what I'm doing. I could even pick the record up because it's like a magnetic thing mm-hmm. and I could scratch in the air like this. I think I've seen you do yeah, that. Kind of yeah. like this. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I get what you're doing, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how much... Uh, so it's wireless. Have you ever had any issues with that? Maybe fucking up not, live? Not yet. Uh, touch wood. And, it's um, knock on wood. I don't know what y'all do. And I know y'all might be touching touch, wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of uh, <laughs> you know, innuendos here. But uh, no, um, no, nothing's gone wrong. Knock on wood and touch wood. And uh, yeah, I've also got my like my record player, like the needles, which go on the record as a backup just in case. And, and USB sticks as well, just in case like shit really does hit the fan, you know. Um, it's a bit of a pain in the ass traveling around with everything. So much easier just to travel around with a USB stick, but yep. you know I'm passionate about what I do and I want to bring something different to the table. And it's like, you know, that's what really makes me happy, anyways. Since like seeing those people be like, "Oh fuck," you know, every time that happens. And even if it is like people going like, "Oh, that's a guy that does the scratching," whatever. It's like, yeah, that's cool. I am the guy that does the scratching. Yeah, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm him. Yeah, yeah, dude, it's fucking cool as shit. I love that you do it because it definitely adds a different aspect to the show. Makes the show better, Thanks. and as a DJ, it just pisses me off. You know what I mean? <laughs> like every time, I'm just like this mother, dude. Because my 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 girl, she fucking loves you, dude. You know what I mean? You met her a couple times, but uh, you know, whenever you're doing it, she's like losing it, and I'm just like, son of a bitch. I'm like he's showing off right now, dude. You know, that's funny. I, I was showing Jeremy some of your routine videos earlier, dude, because he hadn't seen 
any of that, dude. So, uh, okay. Jeremy, what do you think of that shit? The humanoid uh, little routine that you have is absolutely insane. This yeah, hands yeah. down one of my favorite songs. So Thank like, you, my dude. Watching that is crazy. Blew I appreciate mind. it. Yeah, Thank absolutely. you. You know, it's been a. I started scratching when I was eighteen, so I'm thirty five now. If I'm not good at it by now, then there's something wrong. But I really <laughs> appreciate that, and uh, yeah, you know, it's just like. To me, I just love scratching so much. It's meditative almost. Like mm-hmm. I can think of sentences in my head and I can put them out through my hands. Like, and I, the way I always do it is like rhyming. I'd be like, do da 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 do da 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 do. And he's like, yeah. exactly. So yeah, it's uh, I'm passionate about it and um. Sorry to hear that it frustrates you. Yeah, no, nah, but in a good way. Yeah, no. You know what I mean? It's just like, <laughs> it's damn it, up. I wish I was that cool. <laughs> um, it's like when a homie sends you a song and it's like fire and you're just like, God damn it. it. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. too good. Yeah. I got to get back to work. I understand. Yeah. No, but thank you, man. I really, that means a lot to me. Thank you. What, uh, how, what's, what's it like whenever you're creating your live setups, like a live routine, how much practice are you having to do? Or like at this point you've been doing it since you're 18. Is it just all on the fly? It's all, uh, a lot of it's on the fly and I'll do some shit and at a show and I'll, uh, something will click and I'll be like, Oh, I could do that. And then I'll like go back to the hotel that night or the next day or the next week and be like, get that shit ready and then do it. Um, one of the most recent ones I do is like the Hamdi Skanker scratch routine. So if you guys don't know the tune Hamdi Skanker, but it's like got these like vocals all the way through it. I actually like messaged the dude on SoundCloud direct. I was like, do you reckon you could send me a version without those vocals on? Because then I can just like do a scratch routine. And it did really well on TikTok. It blew up. I only started TikTok like two weeks ago. It's like, what, 18,000 views? 15? Something like that, which is a lot. I had less than 1,000 followers. So it's yeah. like people like the scratching. But yeah, you know, those routines and the way they get made a lot of the time are just like accidents or like just us fucking around like, the song ABBA, like, give me, give me, give me a man after midnight. We were like, just like, that song has been coming up so much lately. It's really funny. And then we're like, we should make an edit where it's like, give me, give me, give me, give me a bass line. <laughs> like, oh, nice. Yeah. Dude, like, what, you know, what, what is it with you singing? You lose your Australian accent when you start singing. Oh, it's really? gone. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Just I just noticed it. That's so weird. Yeah. Do I? Yeah, dude. You started singing. I didn't even sell Australian no more. Really? Yeah, dude. I mean... Maybe that's just the thing because, you know, Aussies watch, um, you know, American films, but there aren't, that's where movies come from. So when I watch a movie, it's not like I watch a movie and I'm like, oh, they're, they're you know, speaking American accent. It's like normal. So mm-hmm. I guess it's kind of like a foreigner singing like an American song and then all of a sudden their accent like changes just because they've heard it. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah. Um, how is my Aussie accent? Is it thick still? Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty, okay. th- I mean, it's thick to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, it's probably interesting for you because you go in the country, they hear you talk. They're like, oh, wow, that's an accent. I leave the South. They hear me talk. They're like, oh, wow, there's an accent. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. So you can definitely relate to it. Yeah, I definitely yeah. can, dude. How is life in Denver? Kick ass, man. Yeah. Yeah. You should move here. Uh, I think I am. Yeah, I know. You yeah. t- I thought you told me you were thinking about it, and I was just fucking. Yeah. At that moment, I was like, <laughs> "Let me sell you on it, dude." I fucking just went in on it. I was giving you uh, bullet points why right. you should. Yeah, no, I think it's not. I'm pretty sure it's gonna happen, right? Yeah, so maybe like I don't know February or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So it's exciting, scary, but yeah, fuck it. 
How scary was it moving from Australia to America? That was a huge one, you know, like putting everything on the line. I sold my business, like the DJ school, which is still running now, still successful. And, um, you know, it's hard to let things go that you built up from the beginning and just be like, fuck, okay, you know, but this is like something that I want to try. And I haven't looked back, which is great. And it was really, really tough because coming from Australia, you have different credit score system. Uh, you know, you have to have a social security number, getting the visa. So the credit score thing's huge. You can't even get a rental if you don't have a credit score. Right. So I was like, you know, came over, couldn't get a rental. So one of my best buds um, is Eprom, and he lives in Portland, Oregon. So that's where I moved. And he was like, move in with us. It'll give you a chance to build a credit score. Once you get a credit score, then you can get a rental. And, uh, that's what I did. So just, you know, started out from the bottom and obviously got my own rental and shit now. And, uh, now I'm just feeling like, yeah, what's the next step? And I think that's moving to, uh, to Denver because Alex lives in Los Angeles. I live in Portland, Oregon. You know, we're always, we're, we're always on the road, but like trying to travel from Portland to like anywhere, anywhere. is like fucking such a mission. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So, as beautiful, uh, like I love Portland. It's great. Lots of great food, everything like that. But like Denver is like pretty much on on par with it, except just like dope. You know, you can do direct flights everywhere, mm -hmm. and um, still, you know, good bang for your buck for like rent and everything like that. Yeah, because LA is expensive as fuck. Yeah, no, I mean yeah. it's expensive as fuck to me. Just from you know living out in the south is cheap. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Fucking a house that's like. You know, a house that's like two hundred thousand in the south is like seven hundred thousand here. It's just like what that's the crazy. fuck? Yeah, because like I want to buy a home, but then I'm just so used to like southern prices. Yeah, <laughs> and then I'm just like, man, yeah. the, this, the bang for your buck would be so much more down there. Yeah. Um. um are you thinking about buying a house soon? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um. In the next <laughs> couple of years, that's definitely because I plan on being here long term at this point. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. I, that's, I, I really love it. Love it here. Oh yeah. I think I think you would too, buddy. Yeah, I think I I will. We will. Outside uh, of uh, outside of the credit score, what would you say was like the biggest change from going to Australia to here? Mm. <laughs> uh, paying for healthcare, like. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that sucks, it dude. Fucking sucks, and I don't understand it to be honest. Because I don't know, like it's just it's just really expensive, and you know we pay for everything gets taxed on here. You know, you send money to a friend, you get taxed. Like, you know, just anything. It's just crazy. Like, and there being so many different states as well, and all the different tax brackets, and then all the loopholes where people buy properties in certain areas. Like Washington's a good place to buy property, um, and yeah, dude. Just uh, what else would be the biggest change or like hurdle? Um, confronting things which used to scare me, just being an Aussie and looking at America from the outside, where obviously like in Australia, like guns went aren't legal. Um, and then like coming here, it's like, oh fuck, that person could be like just carrying a firearm, and like just knowing that is kind of like uh, unusual to me. But, you know, since moving here and so on, like, obviously, I've come to terms with that. And uh, it's just like, you know, it, I see both reasons, you know, like, for and against. And it's like, just something which is just like, hard to, like, come to terms with, I think. 
because you know in Australia anyone could be like carrying a knife on them or anything like that. As right. Well, you know, but I you know guns are like really confronting to me personally. I've never shot a gun. Oh, dude. Yeah. How long are you in town for? Uh, we leave at like six a.m., seven a.m. tomorrow. Oh, so. uh, never mind. I was gonna say we we'll go yeah. out shoot guns. Really? T- tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> I got a couple. What what guns do you have? I got a nine millimeter. I got a uh, seven mag rifle, twelve gauge shotgun, uh, seven oh eight rifle, a uh, little two forty three rifle as well. Okay. Yeah. Does it ever scare you in terms of like someone just being like mentally unstable and you know like the possibility of them just like having an outbreak and just like making some wrong decisions? With no, because I also have a gun. <laughs> 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 You're, you're like, gotta like, fight fire with fire, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, no, nah, but yeah, that's definitely, that's definitely, yeah, that's that sucks. Like, yeah, you know, that something's like that, that 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 sucks for sure. Yeah. And yeah, it makes you a little bit uncomfortable, but also there's like a comfortability in like knowing how to, you know, I feel like I have, I'm, I'm pretty well trained, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I've been around them since I was a child, yeah, you know, like I was shooting guns when I was four. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, like, you know, I did some tactical classes and shit like that. So I feel like I know how to defend myself really well, like myself, my home, my land, my family, all that shit. Yeah. So if something bad was to happen, which would, you know, there's always that fear, you know, that, you know, what you said is a good point. But also it's just like, all right, how can we kind of combat that fear and face it? Um, and just if something was to happen, be prepared. Yeah. If, yeah. if that's the way it is, then you want to be best prepared for whatever situation that is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so I, I I understand that perspective for sure. It's like, well, uh, this is the situation, and what what can I do to like best defend myself or whatever like that. So yeah, I understand that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was like something really confronting. I'd say yeah, just healthcare and that. Um, but I fucking love America, man. Like I love coming here. It's also pretty fun being a minority, because like you said, when people hear hear an accent, they're just like, oh, you're not from around here, and like I. I admit, like, a lot of American people love Aussie accents for some reason. Yeah. And then they're just so intrigued by Australia. It's a sexy accent. <laughs> Why, thank you. Yeah. Um, are you, like, do you, are you hard right now? I'm torqued. Oh, <laughs> you ready to go? Fully. Right now? No, I mean, we got to finish this, dude. We got to be okay. professional, okay, Zeke, okay? okay. I see. <laughs> um, <laughs> you just want to see these wrists in action, right? Yes, yeah. dude, absolutely finger me. But, like, uh, <laughs> you, you know... <laughs> Uh, well, maybe a quick demonstration tonight in the green room. There we go. You're coming out to the show, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah, cool. absolutely. Okay, so. Um, what? Uh, are you still doing these strat uh, scratching competitions now, or is it just fully focused on the production and touring? Yeah, just production and touring, and um, yeah, you know, just like building the Zig Beats project. Um, yeah, just mean like maybe looking towards the future as well and producing like trailer music and stuff like that. Trailer music? Yeah. That's like something that I'll kind of make, but we might have different definitions for it. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yeah. We uh, might have different definitions for the, uh, the wookworm as well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What is trailer music? The the wookworm? Yeah. (laughs) What is trailer music, bro? No, no, just like movie trailers, you know? Oh, got you. Yeah. 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 Yeah, It was cool. What's your definition for trailer music? Oh, do some uh, trailer park music, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You'd hear it at a trailer park. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. On some trailer park shit. But like, yeah, yeah, dude, it was cool seeing G Jones' song uh, and that, uh, it's all in your it's all in your head yeah, for yeah, some yeah. movie. I forget what it was, but they used like the whole song in it. I was yeah. like, oh, damn. So, you know, it's like, you know, to the future. 
it'd be cool to have like a side hustle and do the touring at the same time. Cause like one thing I found during the pandemic was like, Oh shit, touring stopped. Where's my income gone? Whereas like, had I been doing trailer music during that time, at least I could work on music at home and just like still have some sort of income. Um, cause I almost had to move back to Australia because like I couldn't, my visa only permitted me to make money through my performing cause I'm on a performance visa. So that was a scare and I was like, okay, fuck, I got to think about the future like that a little bit more. And like, you know, I'm, I don't have a green card, so I can't just do delivery driving or whatever the fuck it is just to make some money. It has to, to be music. Has to be music. Has to be performance or like music related. So, um, yeah, that or like video game shit in the future would be really cool. But predominantly right now it's just touring and like building the project. And obviously super happy to be a part of like the Wakan family now bro when you told me you were that you, you, they uh signed you on i got yeah. so fucking hyped yeah. <laughs> yeah god i got so hyped i was yeah. like we got zeke on this bitch now yeah. it's just awesome being in a crew with just some fucking killers Definitely. you know and just some bad motherfuckers like yeah. at their craft you know what yeah. i'm saying and like yeah. i've always loved your sound loved you love your life set all that stuff yeah. so whenever he told me about that i was like let's uh, fucking <laughs> go bro thanks, it's awesome yeah man i'm super stoked like i've already got a collab with champagne drip which we did like two years years ago we just never put it out and um you know i want to work with more of the wakan team including yourself make a tune together mm -hmm. get in the studio smash it out because you know i feel like you know our sounds are kind of complement each other and we're both big fans of like big fuck off like saw waves mm -hmm. like you know and i just feel like we would make something gnarly um and yeah i just feel like i align a lot with like the wakan you know family and sound and to be honest, I've been wanting to do something with Wakan for so long. Like, you know, it's just never really lined up with like me also releasing on other record labels and then, you know, people wanting exclusivity and stuff like that. Um, which I'm just so happy now to be able to like be a part of it. And I uh, got uh, one really big show, really big back to back coming up with um, someone else and someone else in Wakan and uh supporting martin on that so and I, that's all i can really say about that at this point so it's leading to big opportunities and you know i'm just like love everything that we can't stand for in terms of like the music the community and like you know being part of something which in is very inclusive you know because don't get me wrong i love the edm community and everything like that there are, you know, certain traits to it, which I think are a little toxic, but there's, you know, also a lot of good as well. So it's like with Wakan, I just feel like it's really embracing just the community and like supporting one another. I don't feel like there's any toxicity in like, you know, this scene, um, especially when it comes to them, you know, the mm -hmm. one of the, I'd say, if not the biggest, uh, you know, uh, record label and like family orientated record label. And, you know, I value that a lot. And, um, Martin being the leader of all that, you know, I feel like he's very spiritual and like just wants to see people succeed. And one of the biggest things that I ever took away from Martin, which I really respect because I was like, so what do you think about, you know, when people are supporting you, you know, like, cause one thing I come in, like trouble with a lot is like obviously I do the scratching and all that kind of stuff. It's not something you want to follow up. No, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And Martin's like, honestly, at the end of the day, if a support act 
does a better job than me than my set good on them like that's how it should be because i tip that my hat off to them i'm not gonna like you know push them down and like not put them on or anything because they're working hard yeah and you know what sort of mentality is it if you're just trying to suppress people who are trying to make the overall art form push it up and push it further and make people work harder we're just going to stay at the same spot. So yeah. it's like, if you do a better job than me at the end of the day, sick. That means I got to do better. Mm. I got to work harder. And yeah, a hard tide raises all ships. Yep, exactly. You know what I mean? So I love that mentality. And I just, you know, because there is a lot of um, gatekeeping in the industry. You know what I mean? Like people not giving other people the opportunity and chance, even though it's just like, you know, you hear all fans being like, why the fuck isn't like this happening and that happening? And it's like, well, there's like a bigger thing at play there, you know? So it's more business than the actual art form or the passion, which I get to. So, you know, it's all understandable. Um, but yeah, I respect Martin a lot for that. And we can't, you know, as, as like a, a family record label. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I love about them is like, they're really um, open and supportive of being yourself right right so like me for example like i say a lot of wild shit <laughs> my sets are kind of fucking wild and goofy i could see easily how like a label or like a crew collective family or whatever would be like yeah i don't know that might be a liability or like yeah maybe it's kind of like the thing i don't want to have to follow that up yeah and they're just like any idea i've ever had they're like support it fully they're like hell yeah I love they're that. like you know they're like crank it to 10 you know fucking do it you know <laughs> what i mean like they're so supportive i haven't been around anybody that's like yeah whatever like that's ridiculous you should definitely do that right <laughs> you know what yeah. i mean and uh yeah i just feel like there's a lot of trust from them yeah you know what i mean like you know bringing someone in is like a risk you know what i mean especially for like someone like me someone could see that as a risk or a liability or something like that yeah. but just trusting Mm. you know and believing in something that's fucking cool that's i love that yeah yeah there's a lot of leaves a lot of room for creative freedom as well mm -hmm. you know rather than you're trying to like make or make music that's like people pleasing or whatever or like whatever it is like if you are just like genuinely yourself then everything kind of happens naturally right mm -hmm. I, d I feel like when you try and control too much shit it's like it's not genuine people can see it it's only going to work against you it's like i love it that you know you're you taboo like and your entity and in, in the scene you know you're so well known for just being distinctively you you know what i mean and i've seen the progression over the years i've seen you grow and grow and grow you know it's fucking awesome to see and it's like one thing that can never be you know denied is like just being genuine about what you do mm -hmm. and uh look at you now you know you fucking that tour coming up pretty fucking huge dude how yeah. many dates 45 that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah, I'm happy for you, bro. <laughs> Me too, man. It's something I've been dreaming it. about forever, yeah, dude. You good. know, it's like a dream coming true. Oh, yeah. One thing also I want to say, like, Martin, dude, like, I feel like none of it's for him. What do you mean? Like, he's not doing it for him. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's, you know, I, I feel like if he wanted, mm. he's an older guy, mm -hmm. you know, he doesn't really have to tour as heavy anymore if he didn't want to, you yeah. know, and I'm sure as you get older, you might not want to, who fucking knows what he wants to do. Yeah. But I'm just saying like, it's just like he, he's doing it for the community for like to bring up his people. Yeah. You know what I mean? To like, you know, really change kind of like the, the, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Change like the format, I guess. You're right. like, you know, like you said, no gatekeeping. Like, let's yeah. bring them all up. Yeah. Let's like just grow this whole thing together. Definitely. It felt like it feels like a together thing. Yeah. Definitely. You know, like it, even though like he's like the boss man, like mm-hmm. I don't view him like that. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. view him as like a peer, which is awesome. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, I feel like that definitely that approach welcomes abundance into his life as well because it's just like good energy bringing one another up and he gains a lot of respect from everyone who works with him you know and uh yeah that's really really cool i was just checking out your wakan shirt and i just had a merch idea that's fucking really cool like What's the that, idea let me get it that hand at the top kind of looks like it's scratching a record Ooh. and that's like an eye in my my most recent EP, the Vigil EP, which got released on Wakan, mm-hmm. is actually a picture of my eyeball, like close up. Did I sh- have I shown you this? I mean, I've seen it, but I didn't okay. know it was your That's eyeball. Actually, my eyeball. Dang. Yeah. So, um, it was like part of my uh, uh, like birthday present. So, Alex, uh, my girlfriend, she uh, took me to this place that takes like super high definition like photos of your eyeball, and. Um, yeah, we got them taken and blown up and everything like that. And then Vigil was a name of a song that I'd made like two years ago or something. The meaning of Vigil is uh, the act of not sleeping or staying awake, which is so funny because <laughs> you're saying that now. And yeah. I feel like it relates to creativity and artists on so many different levels. It's like, I don't know what it is and why the relationship is there. It's like we just think too much and, uh, you know, use music as a creative outlet or whatever that is. Um, and, yeah, so it all came together in a way. I was like, oh, the fucking eyeball, that's such a cool idea. And we ended up, you know, using it as the artwork. Um, so, yeah, you guys check it out, the Vigil EP. You'll see the artwork. You'll see what I'm talking about. That's actually my eyeball. And, uh, yeah, so back to the merch idea, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I could put, like, a hand, like, scratching the eyeball and, like, put a record needle on the eyeball or yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's a great idea. That's kind of cool, huh? Yeah, dude, yeah. just take inspiration from anything you can t- get it from, you know? Yeah, that's that's sick. Dude, wait, so she, she took it to get a picture of your eyeball. Did you have an idea for an album artwork or were you just going to go get pictures of your eyeball? Because that's just, an that's, odd. Yeah, no, we just... Uh, uh, that's Gosh. an odd. That's an odd birthday present, Alex. <laughs> hey, you want to go get pictures you, of your eyes? Can you find the photo? Yeah, <laughs> pictures of your eyes. Yeah, it's it's actually insane though. The, I'm sure. The, the close up. It's crazy how much eyes look like planets, and it's like Whoa. you know having it super blown up and like mine. The the people are just like you have such muscular eyes, and my my eyes have these like kind of thick like veins or like vessels calves. in them like yeah. my calves yeah um and you know it's funny because yeah so these are our eyeballs uh next to each other let me change this sort up this is my birthday gift and she got it printed out and blown up so damn can, those are pretty cool you can zoom yeah right like in. the it kind of looks like like the you know the surface of the moon with all the craters and shit right and this looks like you know um this looks like, I'd imagine this is probably what like an avatar's butthole looks like. Yeah, right. You know, blue. Let me That's see. actually. An yeah. avatar's butthole. I'm yeah. showing to the yeah. camera. Wait, who's, who's I, oh, sh- your eyes? Do you have the, yeah. okay, I'm sorry. I apologize. I, it, wasn't, it, wasn't a, it wasn't in a bad way. It's not the first time I've heard that. Okay, awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's not the first time she's heard that. Damn, I thought I was being, <laughs> thought I was being smart and fresh and creative. <laughs> And then I'll show you, like, obviously the artwork since we got it up. I'm just looking for you. So that's my eyeball individually. Yeah. Like that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we, like, got a buddy to edit it and, like, color it and stuff like that. And that was the 
end result. It's, it's cool as shit, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, the, I like the story about it too. That's cool. Right. And you know, the, the thing I really love about it is it's like, it's actually me. Yeah. You know, it's like me. The next thing is, uh, I think I'm just going to do like, uh, just one of my testicles and a close up of that. And, uh, just like, you know, make sure I get them shaven nice and clean and then glitch them out. Yeah. And then the next one will be called, uh, the birth because uh, <laughs> I'm just talking shit. Dude, I did something kind of similar already. Oh, really? Yeah, so I took a picture of my dick um, <laughs> at a show. The Wookwim? No, 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 yeah, oh, sure. You we took a picture of the Wookwim. We took a picture. So uh, I knew the VJ, and I was like, dude, how funny would it be if we just put my dick through like a kaleidoscope all night, like, <laughs> and like as the visual, and no one knows? So. I, I was like, he's like, I'm down. So I said, I right, hold my beer. I gotta go take a dick pic. Walked into the porter potty, took a picture of my dick, gave it to the VJ, and he used it all night. Are you being serious? Yeah, dead ass. Yeah, for real. Where was this? This was in San Antonio. Um, and so yeah, I, I I had a picture of my dick as the visuals. Are you serious? Yeah. I'm, what what did everybody? Like? No one knew until the end. Until the end of the show, I told him I was like, you know, uh, this has actually been my dick all night. So. That is so funny. Gives it a different definition of tripping balls. You're being you know what I'm dead saying? ass. Yeah, right I'm being now. for real, dude. <laughs> different definition of tripping balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, for real, did it, man? It was funny. Wow. Yeah. That is. I. Wow. And I don't think I think you. I don't know if you can get in trouble for it, but it's funny. <laughs> you know, there's no clear. You can't tell it's a cock. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's Texas. Right? Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. They like penises there. Is that <laughs> what you're saying? They like cocks, in Texas. <laughs> no. That's what Texas is known for, actually. Their love for cocks. Yeah. Yeah. They love cocking their guns. They're like, everything's bigger in Texas, and they're talking about cocks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's wild. That's stupid. <laughs> what about the tour visuals so that for your tour coming up now? What do, you, what do you got planned? No cocks. No cocks? No cocks. But oh. uh, it's a lot of really fun animations and shit. Nice. Yeah. What, what, what can we expect? Um, Man, so I got like a really cool introduction video. Really? Or, like, the store, like, before I go on, it's, like, the whole, like, visual uh, and, like, audio thing before I even go on. That's the first time I've ever had that happen. Is it kind of like the uh, the artwork with the, the poster? Like uh, no. Like, cartoonish it's, sort of stuff? No, or? it's going to be just pitch black before, right before I go on, and then the only light you're going to see is going to be on the screen, and it's it's an hilarious intro. Okay. You know, it's kind of <laughs> like... Uh, Don't give it away. I'm not giving it away, but it's yeah. funny. Yeah. You and guys got to buy tickets to check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Are you on tour right now, or is it just a bunch of one-offs? Uh, it's, it's branded as the visual tour, so, you know... You know how it is, like, obviously we're doing gigs all the time and dependent on the release, we try and, like, brand it off it and mm -hmm. then, like, you know, make it about that. So that's where I'm right. I think I'm halfway through right now. I'm also doing a bunch of dates with uh, Rekno and I are doing a co-headline uh, because we got that tune, Dump Truck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, That song's hard. Thank you, Ray. It's, it's a, it was a fun one to make. We were just so fucked up after, like, so I played in Indianapolis. We both got really drunk, hungover. Like, let's make music the next day. Then I was like, wasn't going to do it because I was just so hungover. And I was like, fuck, I'm going to hate if, if I if we don't do this. I'm going to look back and just be like, fuck, we should have worked on some music. Good thing we pushed through, bro. Like, because we, we made that song, you know, the, the main idea of it in like that afternoon. It was like three or four in the afternoon. We're just so fucking tired. But like, yeah, worked out really good. And uh, Rekno was you know, stoked. Apparently he's been a fan because, you know, I've been in the scene for a while now, you know what I mean? I'm a bit older and, you know, I, back when Oslo was popping off, I did like Oslo mix and stuff like that. And he was like, you know, it's crazy, man. I'm like, what? Like, yeah, I used to flow to like your mix that you did on Oslo. And, um, 
you know, like it's just so crazy to me to think that we worked on music together now and now we're doing dates together. Like, and it's really humbling to me, you know, I'm just like, thanks, man. I didn't know that, you know, cause I still, you know, I'm just still grinding, still doing my thing. It's just very humbling, but yeah. So visual EP touring with that. And then like Rekno and I uh, doing our shit. We just did Meow Wolf, which is insane. Have you played that venue yet? Which one? Uh, Santa Fe. No, I have not. Cause there's one here too. Oh, is there? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. There is here and also, um, I think, uh, Las Vegas, right? I have no Vegas? idea, but I, that sounds yeah. about right. Mm. So, I'd believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that venue is insane. So we did that like two weeks ago in Santa Fe. And then we're playing this other really cool venue, which I've heard about, but I've never been to called Otherworldly or Otherworlds. Otherworld, yep. Um, it's just meant to be really cool, and that's what we wanted to do. Is just like really niche, cool venues that just like so only four shows, and there's like those two venues plus one festival play, and there's one more. Savannah, <laughs> she knows everything. Yeah, nice. Um, so uh, yeah, it's 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 all gonna be a fun time, and yeah, I got a another EP signed with Wakan to come out. And I can't remember exactly when the release date is with that, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's just awesome knowing that there's things in the works going on and like the growth with Wakan and, and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, I've also got like a unreleased collab with, uh, Jansen. Um, obviously I want to work on music with you. Um, and, uh, just want to keep collaborating with the fam. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just so sick of, like, all the bullshit with record labels and this, like, oh, you can't work with this person or, like, you have to do this with us only. It's like, just let me fucking make music and get it out there, dude. Like, that's all I fucking want to do. Like, politics, whatever the fuck. Like, I get it. But, like, you know, I just, like, I don't like it when, like, that shit gets involved and it's, like, stops you from doing your passion. You know what I mean? But it happens all the time. Yeah. It happens all the time. I mean, I had something happen yesterday I can't really talk about. I was just like, man, that's that sucked. These little little details that, you know, it's like you said, politics. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It happens more than you guys know. It's the same thing when, you know, a lot of fans are just like, why don't they do this or why don't they do that? And it's like... Yeah, there's like a deeper story behind that. You know, it's kind of just like radius clauses with shows, you know. I don't know if you guys know um, who are listening, but like when we get booked for a show, normally we get booked for a show and then we're not allowed to do another show in that area for like three months after or three months before. And And it's not just that that area. So like say you're like booked for a festival, say like in Texas, right? Yeah. And it's a big festival. You're Mm going to be radius clause the entire state of Texas for like 90 days, maybe even more. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, but a lot of people, when they ask me (laughs) like, why aren't you coming to the city? I'm like, cause you fucking suck. (laughs) I'm like, I fucking, I'm not coming to the city because of you. Right. Yeah. If you weren't there, I'd I'd come. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I'll fucking lie, you know, just to fuck with them. Uh, That's, that's great. Um, but yeah, so where was it going with that? It kind of just went off on a Just talking to the politics, I guess. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So yeah, man. But, uh, do you have any, I know you just did the release with Grizz, um, recently. That's, you know, big ups on that. And, uh, what do you have coming up? Uh, like, Tuesday I got a track with Baldy and Boogie T coming out. Oh, Baldy. Yeah. That's fucking Mikey's roommate, right? Huh? Uh, Mike, uh, 
Blunts and Blunts at season Oh, uh, it was. Yeah, they, they were living together, dude. Yeah. I knew that shit wasn't going to last long. They, they're like the best <laughs> of friends, but they're both just too wild, dude. So I could funny. not live with Baldy. <laughs> I could not. I mean, it's way too fucking wild. Just hanging out with him at night is just like, holy shit. And That's he does funny. it all the time. He's crazy. Yeah. Loving him. He's one of one, dude. Right. The most unique motherfucker I've ever met. There's not another clone of him, dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> he is just unique as fuck, and I don't want him to change at all. That's great. You know what I mean? Shout out Baldy. Yeah, shout out him. So I got that track with him and and Brock dropping on Tuesday. Oh, that's sick. So that's going to be the yeah. second single of the album before the album drops. Hell yeah. You know? And then the uh, release date went for the album, like when it drops, when's that? I can't say yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can't gotcha. say yet. Fair enough. Yeah. But, uh, oh, that's exciting, man. Yeah, I'm fucking stoked on it, man. Hell yeah. How many tracks is the album? 15. Damn, that's decent. Yeah. You know, that's that's really dope. And uh, was it like, I don't know, man, I've never written an album. So how was it? It was fun, dude. It actually gave me so much direction because, like, I wrote the comedy record. Uh, <laughs> I released a comedy album in December. Mm -hmm. And, like, there was, like, a good three months, three and a half months where I wasn't um, making any electronic music just because I knew... Uh, not because I knew because I wanted to write that album. Right. And then after I got done with the album, I was kind of lost. I was like just writing tunes. Like they were cool tunes, but they didn't mean nothing to me. They didn't have like a bigger purpose, I guess, or just, yeah, I didn't have any direction. Right. And then whenever I talked to my team, they're like, hey, we're going to do an album because you're going to do an album tour yeah. uh, headline next year. This was, uh, we were talking about it in like last year at the end of the or maybe in the beginning i don't remember exactly when we were talking about it but um i was like yes finally like i had direction so like i was able i wrote like 15 songs in five months like Damn. i like i had a, a, a i have my goal board and had all the ideas i wanted to do i feel like i write really well on like ideas instead of just throwing shit at the wall like sometimes that works but when i have a direction or like a like a theme somewhere i'm trying to go I'm like, I can, I'm able to knock it out. So like, I feel like the longest thing was just trying to write down the album, like on paper of like what I wanted to do, yeah. you know, things I wanted to, styles I wanted to hit and, gotcha. you know, you know, chances I wanted to take. But once I had that, it was fucking on. Hell yeah. Yeah, it was on. That's dope. I feel like it, it, it's, I'm a little nervous releasing an album because it's like, you know, everyone's attention spans, right? It's like singles are probably like the best way to go singles and like an EPs yeah. you can put out, but even EPs, like you can Some, see yeah. as it, as people are listening, you can look at like the numbers. The plays, yeah. yeah <laughs> it gets lower and lower as it goes down because yeah, people's dude. attention span. So it's definitely a little nervous putting out an album. I get why people don't do it nowadays. Yeah. Um, I feel like, uh, the beautiful thing about an album is it gives you the, uh, like wiggle room to like be a bit more creative, like, mm -hmm. and take a, f a few more risks. Yep. Um, and like, same as with my EP, like I did an EP called Lost in Automation last year with the Give Me a Baseline track and uh, Ridden and like a few other like heavy tracks. But then my last track was more of like a vibey one, which is like something I'd never really written before. And I can see, obviously, like you said, the play count went down. Mm -hmm. But also knowing that and like creating an EP with like a bit of a journey and like ending it with a soft ending was like, as an artist, it really made me feel complete because I'm just like, you know, at the end of the day, I just want to have this as like a piece of art and I can look back on this piece of art and be proud of that. And uh, it doesn't really matter about the plays and so on. But like, I know the real hardcore fans know track number five on that EP. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, and I saw that actually, I played in Charleston on Thursday night and I played like Vibe, it's called. And my, my track is called Vibe. And there was like, you know, about 
you know, three people at the front who like when I dropped were just like losing their shit because like in any other circumstance, they would not hear that track being played out. So it's like really special to them mm -hmm. and to share that moment with them and just like vibe with them and then be like, fuck yeah. And it's just like, I don't know, it's just really, really nice feeling. Um, but yeah, that's awesome, man. Do you have uh, like, you know, a, a handful of bangers on your album and then some more like uh, emotive tracks or, or like what's the... All that, dude. Yeah. So like it's my first time working with singers. Oh, you know sick. what I mean? Like, you know, I have some songs that people would never expect for me to put out as taboo. And then like you said, like there's like like room for risk. Obviously you right. have like the, the singles, the hits, you know, the, the, you know, bangers, the crowd pleasers, you know, if you will. But then there's also stuff that are like, I'm really proud of and it like shows yeah. a different side and like progression as a musician and producer and songwriter and stuff like that. So right. that, that's always a lot of fun. Yeah. You, you have a lot. I was talking with Martin about this and he was like, yeah, I love doing albums cause I'm able to really do whatever I want. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's awesome. That, that feeling of freedom, mm -hmm. like expression. Yeah. I love that, man. I'm happy for you Thank and you, fucking proud of you too. Cause like, you know, I've known you since, uh, like, like I said, I've seen your progression and to see where you are now, it just makes me like really happy to see you crushing it, man. And, appreciate uh, that, man. It means a lot coming from you, dude. I'm uh, fucking, I love you, man. Uh, thank you, I say bro. Even before, I, even before I, I met you, I knew I loved you. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Well, I've always been a fan of the music, like big fan. You know what I mean? Like I was always all about some Zeke beats. Oh, man. That's, thank you. That means the fucking world to me, actually. Yeah. So thank you. I really appreciate I it. Appreciate um, you, brother. Yeah. Let's get to, uh, let's get to some questions. I know we got some questions and I know Jeremy's got work, so we're not able to uh, do a super long one. Where are we at right now, Jeremy? We are hitting an hour. Cool. So yeah. Let's good. get, yeah, let's get to some questions. And you got anything you wanted to ask Mr. Zeke Beast? We got Mr. Jeremy Wood, AKA Satori back there, buddy. Let's see. Um, so yeah, when, you know, you have your, uh, your vinyl scratching that kind of makes you stand out from everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, there's a couple artists who play live instruments. You know, if you don't have a talent like that or, like, you know, a skill set to do something like that, what would you say the best ways to stand out is? I just give up. You just give up? No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, fight, no. we fight that every day, so yeah. it's a big battle. No, you know, the most important thing to me, like, is just being authentic and genuine and being yourself. Like... If you are authentic and genuine and not a clone, that's what people want. They want to see your progression as an artist. They want to be a part of that journey. They want to feel like they've contributed to that by showing their support and their love. And it's important for those artists to, to show that love back and like, you know, give gratitude to the fans because the reality of this entire thing is without the fans, without you guys supporting, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be able to do what we love to do and make money from that. And, you know, that gratitude is, like, key. So coming down to technicality in terms of, like, instruments and scratching or whatever, that's all good. I'm just being authentically Zeke Beats, and that's what comes out of me. So, like, whatever comes out of X, Y, or Z, that's what they need to focus on and not worrying about what other people are doing. Otherwise, we're just going to be all clones. When we worry about what everyone else is doing, we lose sight of ourselves and we lose ourselves within the trap of social media, people pleasing, and we lose sight of doing the thing that we loved about it in the first place. I've gone through that and uh, I found myself again and I was like, as soon as I found myself again and I was just like being 100% authentic Zeke Beats, I was like, the rest kind of just came. The universe is kind of like, you found your way again. 
here you go. Here's the abundance again. You know, when I started being like trying to people please, it was like this, you know, so, um, I wouldn't focus on the technical aspect. I'd just say just people being authentically themselves. Yeah. Just keep doing it. It doesn't matter. Be yourself, buddy. Yep. So I got one more for you. Um, so you said you got booked for Shamala without mm-hmm. having a manager or anything <laughs> like that. And you were in a whole complete different country. Uh, yeah. So like, how did that come about? Like what, what were ways you got yourself out there and promoted yourself? Or so, did you even consciously do that? Yeah. You know, something really weird happens, has happened with me throughout my entire life. Everything I've ever wanted, I've managed to manifest. And I think when somebody's truly passionate about what they do and like, you know, put in their all and everything like that. It's not even about like, Oh, I've got to get up and I've got to do this. I'm going to do that. It's like, you just naturally do that shit because that's your, you breathe that, you know, the blood in your veins. That's, that's what's you like. It comes back to that authentic thing again. So with Shambhala, um, the way I started releasing music at the beginning, I just made a bunch of tunes. Just like I, I had a lot of guidance from Eprom. He was like, he's been a, one of my best buds since way back, like 2010 or 11 or 12, something like that. And I wasn't even producing then. And, you know, I just kept in touch with him cause I was a huge fan. And then I started getting to making beats and then, you know, I'd, I sent something to him. He's like, damn, this is like pretty good, man, blah, blah, blah. And gave me some pointers and tips. Um, and so the way I got my music out there was through this record label called Saturate Records. And that's, I don't know if you heard that just then. That's me going between an American and Aussie. I was like, Rrr. so Saturate Records. <laughs> um, yeah. And they do like, you know, free uh, download releases and stuff like that. And um, I just reached out to this guy called Sup Yow on Facebook. And because I knew he released on it, I was like, hey, here's a bunch of tunes. Like, do you reckon. Like, I don't know. I know you've released on Saturate before. Like, who do I send this to? Send it to the guy. And they're like, dope, let's release this. Like, and I was like, really? So that's how I got a lot of my following to begin with because they're just like an unreleased, like, uh, not unreleased, uh, unknown bass record label in Germany. Like, um, and yeah, you know, coming back to the Shambhala thing, that's how they first heard of Zeke Beats was through that. And also through a record label, uh, named Terrorism, which is run by Plastician, which is like one of the biggest fucking names in grime and like bass music. He's like put on so many people and given them the opportunity, like even like Casper and like people like that. Um, and yeah, they Shambhala are just like, we're huge fans of your music and you're, you know, the, the thing with Terrorism, I just messaged them on SoundCloud and I was like, Hey, here's a bunch of tunes. Would you guys want to do a release? And Plastician replied and he was like, fuck yeah, these are sick. Let's do a release. And that was like Meltdown, you know, The Freak, all these like tunes, which uh, are BDSM, which I still play out now. And um, yeah, it's just like, that's how my progression came about. And Shambhala are just like, we love your music. We want to bring you out here. And yeah, one thing just led to another because the thing is with festivals like that, that's where a lot of like promoters go to like party. Yeah, you know, they're like, fuck yeah, Shambhala. So in playing that gig, all the promoters see that and they're like, who the fuck is this guy? Oh shit, new talent. And then like it just all starts snowballing from there and it's it's, it's a great platform for them to see you on. So yeah, that's like kind of uh, how that happened. Yeah. Word. Cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Let's get to, uh, we got a couple. We're, are we good on time right now, Jeremy? Yeah, we're good. Cool.
Hey, this question is for Zeke Beats. My name is Zoe. I was just wondering if you've ever done a show where you were, like, on psychedelics or anything like that. Have you ever attempted making music while on psychedelics? I would love to know. Thank you. Hey, Zoe. Uh, thanks for your question. I really appreciate it. And um, so <clears throat> being an Aussie, drugs in Australia, like, well, I don't know what it's like now, but weed is as big of an offense as, like, you know, doing, like, some crazy, like, hard, like, chemical drugs. Like heroin or something? Yeah. So it's the same fucking fine. That's so, crazy. You know, I actually, you know, didn't smoke weed until the first time until I was 30. So um, answering your question, I've actually never tried psychedelics. I've never been on mushrooms or anything. I've never... I've been like fucking goody goody two shoes my whole life. Bro. Yeah, dude, you've made it this far. I, I mean, I came to America, and that's when I started being a little bit more naughty because like things are a little more accessible, and you're like in these environments, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know. Um, so yeah, you know, there's still, you know, maybe one day I'll do that, Zoe, and I'll see. I've all, I've been inquisitive because like I I I feel like a very uh, like I pride myself on who I am and I feel like a very old soul and like a very spiritually connected person. Um, and I don't know whether that's because of my bloodline as well. Cause I'm half Australian Aboriginal. So like my dad's Aboriginal, my mom is Greek. I'm like the first Aboriginal Aboriginal. I've yeah. never heard of that. So, uh, you know, like, um, indigenous okay. of the land. Gotcha. So, and, uh, you know, the Aborigines in Australia is, like, one of the oldest civilizations Are on the Earth. True OGs. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and I don't know if that's, like, part of that as to why I feel very easily having the ability to manifest things as well in some weird-ass way. Um, and, uh, yeah, I feel like I'm going way off topic. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> so, no, have not done psychedelics. I want to try in a safe environment. Um, what would you try, dude? Probably just like mushrooms to begin with mm -hmm. because I feel like that's just like the kind of doorway into that. Yeah. You know, and then I, I just just maybe like light. Yeah, places, yeah. You know that's the I mean? best like, way to do it, in my yeah. opinion. You know, I don't like to trip balls. I just like to be at the door. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, feel you. I like being in the nosebleeds, you know, watching the whole show. Yeah, you yeah, I feel I mean? you. Not mm -hmm. in the front, overwhelmed. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting hit, getting hit by a player or something, you right, know? Yeah, getting hit with those uh, dick visuals. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I hope that answers, it, answers your questions, Zoe. And, uh, yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, let's get another. Yeah. It's your boy Huey from Boston. What I up, Huey? I finally got through this BS. <laughs> What's up, Huey? I got a question for both of y'all. So first off, Tivu, when you're going to work with the 11808 boys and let them make you a sweet, saucy jersey for us, oh, we need okay. more merch, miss, and you're latching in that department. <laughs> <laughs> As for Zeke, hope all is well. Um, I just recently got tipped for the very first time at Secret Dreams, and it was quite the freaking experience. Tipper. As soon as the set was over, me and, like, three randos were all like, yo, Tipper scratching is legendary. One kid was like, it reminds me of Zeke Beat scratching. And I'm just like, yo, he's, like, my number one in the freaking scene in that department. So my question for you, Zeke, is in the realm of what ifs, because I don't think he's, you know, I don't think Tipper's done a, 
a collaborative feature in quite a while. If you guys were to ever work on something, what kind of track do you guys think you would cook up? Because I think his unique dark-like sound would slap very well with his more heavier stuff. And, yeah, those are my questions for you guys. Um, thanks for having me. Love y'all like a wook loves K. Tibu, hurry up and come to Boston. Uh, we've been waiting for you, and we're dying for a set. And fuck S fam. Okay, so <laughs> I want us to answer this. I'm going to answer this in your accent. You're going to answer this in my accent. Oh, okay. Yep. Did you want to go first? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm going to do an Australian. You're going to do it with a Southern accent, Southern American. Okay. Okay. Deal. Mate, you you, you can't even... Fuck, I said can't. Uh, I reckon if you got my name right, then maybe we do something. But, you know... You, you you aren't even getting my name right. <laughs> Bloody hell. No, that's that's British. Bloody hell. Bloody? What the fuck? You fucking cunt. <laughs> it's taboo. Uh, it's taboo as as Australians like to as Australians like to say it. Yeah. Mate. Yeah. Australians like to say taboo. And so I'm not gonna do anything until you get a right. That was terrible, right? <laughs> that was off. You fucking butchered that. <laughs> okay, your turn. Yeah. Okay. You and Your turn. Uh, you can't go anywhere these days. That's pretty good. <laughs> I like to think that my accent's pretty good. I watch a lot of Ozarks, and I feel like that's definitely had... Your 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 The pitch of your voice is getting higher as you're going. Really? <laughs> But keep going. This is funny. Uh, <clears throat> you know, one day I was out there on the Mississippi, <laughs> and uh, I was uh, casting a line and drinking some wine, and I I caught a a big old bass. You know, answer the tipper question in this accent. <laughs> okay, o okay. So to Answer your question, Huey. By the way, Huey is my boy. I know which Huey that is. He actually sent me a necklace. He actually sent me a necklace at Christmas time and a photo of us and a card. And it had the bad robot on it. So shout outs, Huey. Thank you for the question. Um, how's my accent, by the way? You're, you know you're doing okay. Keep going. I'm doing okay. And, uh, you know, if, uh, Tipper <laughs> and I <laughs> did a collab one day, I feel like we would definitely incorporate a lot of scratching and some heavy bass music. And Tipper is just legendary. And... His ability to mix down a record and make it sound fat is of like noisier level. And I would love to do that one day, Dave, if you're listening to this in my southern accent. Because <laughs> I've heard Tipper talk about me on a radio show too with Mr. Bill. And Mr. Bill 
and him had a conversation, and and Tipper said some nice stuff about me too. So, <laughs> shout outs, Tipper, Huey. Thank you for the for the the question, and shout outs, Tipper. I love how like how like towards the end of that you turned into like eighteen hundreds like you know farm owner. Talking about Mr. Bell over there. <laughs> Mr. He was on there talking to Mr. Bell. And Mr. Bell said, oh, I'm going to do it. He's just like instantly turned it. <laughs> when he said Mr. Bell, Mr. Bell. <laughs> Mr. Bell. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, he's down there on the street. That li- He lived right over there next to Mr. Bell. <laughs> How's the accent? Is I give you. I get, listen. You had you had some highs. You had some lows. Just like, yeah. yeah, I feel like I had a couple into windows or you know cadences, but that was it. I I I had a lot of lows with a, a, a very few highs. Yes. Yeah, with mine. But that was fun. <laughs> no, that you, was a fun way to do it. Yours is great. Thank you. Let's get to another one, Jeremy. Yo, Mitch, it's Sharky. Well, baby, got a question for Zeke. Saw him at Backwoods last year. He was having technical issues throughout the first beginning of his set i believe like his uh you know decks weren't working properly something along those lines how do you deal with technical malfunctions on stage how do you keep the vibe going and the energy up when everything seems to be going wrong hope you guys are doing great can't wait for tour baby hell yeah so you know whenever technical difficulties happen you gotta remember that sometimes things are beyond your control and you can only do the best you can in that situation. So for me at backwards, it was so fucking hot and I was in the sun. My laptop was overheating and like my, my records were almost melting. Like it was that hot. And, um, in a situation like that, you just got to remember to, uh, surrender. Like, you know, you have to let go. It's just like, just give up. It is what it is. Yeah, just give up. Go home. Just end the <laughs> yeah. career. No, not really. No, you just got to be like, okay, these are the facts. This is what's happening. How can I just do the best possible job I can in this moment? It's really hard. It's kind of like when an accident happens or like something shitty happens, you like, or someone cuts you off in traffic. You could be like, oh, fuck this guy. Or you could react differently and not expend the energy into something you can't control. So at the end of the day, it's like, this guy cut me off. Do I want to waste that energy on being like, ah, or do I just want to focus on, I couldn't, I can't control that. Um, you know, it happened and here I am. You know what I mean? It's like one of those, it's a, it's a mind, mindful thing and just like a um, reactionary thing. It's like, I can react this way if I want to. At the end of the day, it's like the way we choose to react to any situation is what makes it. That's one of my favorite quotes. That's which, a good quote. Yeah, it's always in my head. Um, you know, it's just like when you have a fucking argument with your girlfriend or whatever, you can be like, ah! or you can be like, okay, it is what it is, you know? And Or you can be like, shut the fuck up, up bitch! <laughs> no, <I'm joking>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, nah. yeah, you know, it's it's relatable in many in many ways, you know? So uh, it's a good good one to think about. Yeah, it's good to have, like, I know whenever, if I have anything fucking up, like, I, I'm really comfortable on a microphone, so I can just fucking talk until something gets fixed. Right. I can just, all right, all right, show must go on. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's funny, when you have that skill, you it's I think that's a great skill to have. 
me personally, when that shit happens and I, I manage to like talk some shit and do it successfully, I, f- I feel really good about myself. Yeah. And you know what? As a DJ, I think that's the number one skill is like, you know, you fuck up left, right and center. But if you can pass it off like you meant it or like, you know, whatever, that's 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 the biggest trick, right? Yeah. Because it once that happens and you conquer that, it's like you lose that fear of fucking up because it's like, all right, I fucked up. Sometimes when I fuck up, I just jump on the mic and I'd be like, yeah, I fucked that up. Like <laughs> we're all human beings. But anyways, let's keep going. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people don't give a fuck. They're like, ah, I'll just play it again. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I literally miss my cues sometime or whatever. And I'll be like, echo it out. And I'll be like, so how's everyone feeling tonight? <laughs> yeah. So I just fucked that up. I'm going to gonna do it again. So yeah. Alex has seen me do that a few times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. It happens. Mm-hmm. Let's get to another one, Jeremy. In this last one. Hey. Yeah, it's the last one. Cool. Hey, what's going on, Taboo? What's going on, Zeke Beats? My name is Cosmo Joe, calling in from Lakeland, Florida. Just want to say I'm a huge fan of both of you guys. You guys kick massive ass. I just had a question for Zeke Beats real quick because I know he's big into the scratching. Uh, my father was a DJ in the 80s and the 90s, and he grew up on vinyl. And I was just curious what got you started into vinyl, and is it hard to set up? the vinyl setup uh playing live because i heard that if the sound system is too crazy it can actually mess up the um things from playing sorry i'm sorry uh but yeah so uh i was just curious about that and i hope you guys have a good day oh yeah i appreciate your call yeah we kind of answered like the first half of that yeah yeah like have you had any situations where like a sound system has like maybe knocked the needle off or like is it difficult to set all these things up? Yeah, so the reason I went to the wireless setup is because the sub bass on sound systems causes a lot of vibration. So what happens if the needle is on the record and the subs are just vibrating the absolute fuck out of the, the stage, those needles are going to be jumping up and down off the record, right? So the playback of the song is going to be getting interrupted and it might skip or like... You try and do things and it's like stuttering. So um, I no longer have that problem because I use this thing called Phase DJ, which is the wireless system. So what we used to do before that is we used to get concrete slabs and underneath the concrete slabs we would put squash balls and that would absorb a lot of the vibration from the subs. It's still not 100%, but it's better. And um, yeah, you know, setting up the system is stressful, um, but I know how to set it up really quickly now to the point where I can pretty much like set it up in about like five minutes. Um, so yeah. Oh yeah. Well, sick man. That's all, uh, that's all the questions we had, brother. Thanks man. We're out here at the, uh, right here at the end. Oh yeah. I just yeah. want to say real quick, I really appreciate you having me on the talk show and, uh, I'm really excited for your tour and, um, yeah, man, I love you a lot. And, and again, like, you know, it's been awesome seeing your journey and to where you are now and just like absolutely crushing it. And uh, I'm very grateful grateful to be here with you today. And uh, let's make a fucking banger, dude. Let's do it, dude. You're going to make me cry, yeah, bro. I'm, uh, it means so much, bro. I love it you. It means so much, dude. I really <laughs> do appreciate you. Like I said, I've been a big fan for a long time. Love that you and I have become friends. It's fucking so cool to me. You know what I mean? It's, it's a little <laughs> wild. But, uh, man, I appreciate you saying all that stuff, Dan. I really do. Thanks, man. And uh, I appreciate you being yourself, dude. I think, you know, this scene's a better place with you in it. You know what I mean? Nah, man. And uh, See, I appreciate you being here. Anything you want to let the people know before you get out of here? Um, Just want to say big shout outs to everyone showing love and support. I wouldn't be here without you. I'm, I'm very grateful. And um, 
yeah, I hope to see you guys on tour and um, any of the shows or even just message me on Instagram or whatever. I just, I'm, I'm there. I'm, I'm very interactive. <laughs> you know, I just want to say, uh, yeah, appreciate you guys. And once again, thanks for having me on the talk show. Cool, man. I appreciate you. Oh, yeah. Appreciate you, Jeremy. Yes, sir. Appreciate and I appreciate everybody listening this week's episode of Talks with Taboo. I will see y'all next week. Peace. Peace.